everybody, welcome to another episode of Latchkey Sibs, the podcast that challenges three siblings to take a look at our childhood movie cabinet and one film at a time, criticize or defend the viewing choices we made as kids. I'm your host and the youngest, Gray Baker. I'm Holland and I'm the oldest. And I'm Allegra and I will never uh, tell a lie and hurt you. Um, also, I just realized the way I said I'm your host and the youngest Gray Baker made me feel like I was doing Will Ferrell's impersonation of Alex Trebek. You're getting yeah. into the role, man. <laughs> yeah, I'll <laughs> yeah, take exactly. um, I'll take ape tit for five hundred. I'll take for, ape yeah. tit for four hundred. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm hungover, and I think I'm starting to have a problem with this. Uh, in terms <laughs> of being like, oh, oh, I get to watch a movie. Let's make bad decisions. Um, and luckily, I was saying before we were, were recording that I think for one of the first times that me being a little overserved didn't hurt my viewing experience. Where normally <laughs> I think it really would hurt where if there was any lull in the movie, I was like, I'm out. I am I am so fucking tired. I'm I, I'm sick of this. Whereas with this one, I was like, I am so tired, but I want to keep watching, so I'm gonna turn it off and and wa- and finish it tomorrow morning. So that's encouraging. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna say. It's encouraging. Um, I don't want to give too much away about my you know my thoughts on the movie. I'm just going to say like at least when it came to you know let's say sit through ability, it wasn't hindered whereas i feel like some other movies definitely were for me like i think like mike i'm pretty sure i was like so fucking tired that i'm like fuck this movie and then <laughs> you definitely had to like raise me up a little bit with in terms of scoring to be like no it was just you it wasn't the movie yeah so each week we have uh, one of us present a movie to be critiqued while the other two score it based on five specific categories each week's score is going to be added up, and at the end of each season, the sibling with the most points will be labeled master of the remote control, while the loser is forced to do some sort of punishment. Now, this week, uh, Holland brought us this 1998 romp, Madeline. <laughs> um, brief summary of the movie for those uninitiated. The adventurous young Madeline is very good at getting into trouble, but she's also fantastic in solving problems as well. Her school mistress, Miss Clavel, is not too approving of her. The biggest problem comes up when Lord Covington decides to sell Madeline's school. Um, Thank you, Anonymous, (laughs) from IMDb. Well, Anonymous is wrong about Miss Clavel not being approving of Madeline. She's literally her favorite student. I know. (laughs) She even asked God to look out for Madeline especially. especially. I'm like, that doesn't feel very fucking Christian. (laughs) If we know one, if we know one thing about Christians, is that they're always trying to pull a leg up and have some special treatment from God. So 
to me, it was pretty pretty Christian. Yeah, it was pretty on brand. Ooh, we really want to leave this in? <laughs> Are we alienating our Christian and Catholic listeners? I don't know. I feel like they would they get it. They get it. They get it. Okay. <laughs> I mean, um, I feel like um, this nun did a lot of things that I'm just like, okay, Miss Clavel feels like someone who had an amazingly cool life and then became a nun. Because, like, she's... She's going out without her habit on, and she's, like, touching male uh, uh, emergency people. And I'm like, you're not supposed to touch other people. <laughs> she's a very chill nun. Listen, if you told me that, like, she also saw someone uh, get put through a wood chipper and then became a nun, that would track for me. I mean, that tracks in her movie history, yeah. so. <laughs> she fucking, like, no spoilers, but, like, spoilers, she fucking almost murdered those clowns she almost <laughs> murdered those clowns oh my god i yeah they, we'll get into it but i do remember thinking <laughs> Let immediately they crash and like you don't know if they're alive or dead and immediately the kids are like yeah and i'm like jesus christ so, and then luckily and they Ms. pop Clavel up does too she like dances but is also like Oh shit! I can't go back to jail. Like she sees the ambulance and she's like waving them over, but she's also sort of dancing. It's like a lot of confused emotions for her. Yeah, she's like, "I've done my nickel. I ain't going back." <laughs> Maybe that's how she found Jesus. I don't know. There we go. It could be like a you know like a Tupac situation. Got in a French women's prison. Yeah, and but okay, the accents were all over the place in this movie. <laughs> Truly, were they British? Were they American? I made a note. I said, like, how is Miss Clavel, an American woman who works at a boarding school for English girls in Paris? How does that track? One I'm bit? pretty sure it's supposed to be like. We're all French here, but it's an English-speaking movie, so it doesn't actually matter what anybody's accents are. Yeah, be- but like because like suspension the, of disbelief. But the, We're the all cook French here. <laughs> yeah, the yeah I know the cook is the cook is French. French. She's American. Half of the children are British, and the other half are French. Half, if not like three quarters, <laughs> are and British. And so you're just like. Uh, so what's going on here? But then Pepito um, and his family definitely seem Spanish. Yeah. Yeah, they're definitely Spanish. But then the Spanish. tutor but that's, is not. That at least checks out. Yeah, okay. he's British. Is the tutor supposed to be a clown, or is he just using clowns? <laughs> I what? feel like we should save this conversation for he's the... He's a clown if you ask me. I don't know about professionally. <laughs> All right. Wait, <laughs> what comes next in our podcast? <laughs> <laughs> um, so we give a brief summary. We'll, we'll say, you know, the year it came out and, you know, where we were setting the stage. So the movie came out July 10th, 1998. So Holland was six, Allegra was four, and I was one. Um, so I was alive for this. Um, hey, we're at, we just surpassed its 23 year anniversary because it came out July 10th. And as of recording, it's been exactly a week. So yeah, I would have been three. Yeah. Allegra would have been three almost. Oh, that's right. I keep forgetting that. Yeah. So you would be three. Her birthday's just so late in the year, man. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Um, I couldn't find the budget for this movie 
It's not That's on Wikipedia. Weird. No. The box office was, but there was no budget that I could find. Which kind of bothered me, not that it matters, but yeah. <laughs> uh, it made it made thirty million. Um it says the budget was five hundred thousand dollars. That could no, be that right. is that is twenty eighteen's Madeline's Madeline. I've already looked it up. <laughs> not oh. the same movie. Because I trust me, I looked it up too. Um, we might have seen this in theaters. Mom was not sure. I definitely did. I remember distinctly okay. seeing this in theaters with mom, and I'm pretty sure with a friend and her mom. And I remember we also got we like went to tea either before or after. Like I remember it was an it was a wow. whole day with a friend. How fancy. And, I don't remember which friend it was, but I remember there was a friend there. Wow. <laughs> Sorry to that friend. <laughs> um, well, she was not sure if I was there. Yeah, I don't know. Allegra may have been there or may have not, but I. she was like, I don't know if we brought me to the theater. But we yeah. definitely had this on VHS and, I think, DVD, one of the two. I think we just VHS. Yeah. Well, we watched the hell out of it oh yeah oh yeah mom did have thoughts yes and she actually sent me one last night and then was like oh and then this morning said oh i'm watching it right now and sent a new one so let's just put in the new one so let's hear what mom thought so i love this movie it's a great movie it didn't have anything in it where i had to be worried that I had to explain some weird, awkward, sexual innuendo that was going on in the background, like most of the movies that came out in this time period. I loved Madeline. I grew up with Madeline. The girls grew up with Madeline. They were obsessed with the Madeline computer game that we had and the educational CD ROMs or whatever they were called. But um, Frances McDormand is hilarious and, of course, was perfect in this movie. Um, and Paris looks amazing. So that was, you could, like, turn off all of the audio and still love this movie. So all good. 10 out of 10. And as is expected, uh, I knew that she would be obsessed with this movie. Yeah. I just, as soon as we started watching it, uh, like, as soon as I turned it on, I was like, oh, yeah. Mom was, like, all about this movie. This was a mom movie. <laughs> yes, exactly. Where I'm like, did we like it or did we just know mom liked it? Yeah, I think yeah. we definitely liked it. I also think uh, it's important that we touch on the, like, Madeline culture of the 90s, at least in our household. And big. I think with my, at least, friends. Like, and also, I think this also is very heavily because of mom like we were indoctrinated to the madeline world from a very young age i remember we had a whole vhs tape of just episodes of the cartoon tv show and yep. we had the computer games and oh my god madeline's European oh yeah mom, adventure. mom talked oh about god. the computer games mom definitely talked about the computer games and the computer I, games if anything i remember those more than the movie the computer games were amazing. They were the best thing ever. I loved the European adventure game where, like, like she finds a genie in a bottle, and then someone steals it from her, and then, like, they lose their map, but the map, like, flies apart, and they have to, like, chase this guy who stole her genie 
bottle, but she like goes to like Switzerland and Venice and Turkey, Turkey and like oh my god, it's a, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I definitely remember the Switzerland part is the one that sticks out to me the most because I think hello. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, maybe not that much. Because <laughs> I just remember. I think I got stuck at that part of the game because I was three and was just like, all right, fuck this. I'm not playing it anymore. I can't get past this part. So I only remember the Switzerland part, which may have been like the first level for all I know. Well, it's the first like place she travels when she gets on the train. <laughs> so After that's she telling. Finds the map. Oh, and she goes to Italy too because oh, it's just so cute. And yeah. it's before the Euro. So she's like always having to convert her money whenever oh, she yeah. goes. Oh yeah. Like she has francs and then she has to get like lira and I don't know what she does. Wow, how how realistic. Francs. She has to like wait in line at like the money exchange station at the, at the airport and she's or like at the train she's, station. Yeah, it's she's like behind some like smelly Americans that are like, I don't know what is it? How does this happen? You know, they're yelling yeah. at each other, they're jet lagged and she's just kind of like I just need to find my genie. <laughs> Is it time for us to reveal, Gray, your secret French past? Uh, yeah, secret? sure. I guess I am the I am the French ambassador for this podcast. Um, I'm the resident, quote unquote, expert because I did live there for one year, um, so I know everything there is to know about France. I'm basically Absolutely. a citizen. I no, am the stereotypical. Oui, oui study abroad douche so <laughs> any questions i will answer with 100 percent confidence and almost zero percent you know knowledge so bring it on love it there were a couple I love things it. <laughs> you you did say that you wanted me to like confirm or deny any like tropes or you know anything any french isms and there wasn't a whole lot, to be honest, other than the actual like scenery itself. They didn't like pull in a lot, other than maybe like the circus. But we can get into it as we as we talk. Yeah. But yeah. I'll, I'll, there's only like a couple things that I could even be like, huh? Because it was just like you know we're 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 talking about cute little girls. We're not you know going into like the history of the city. <laughs> um, pre-watch notes, uh, Allegra. Why don't you go first? Perfect. Uh, short and sweet. Uh, obviously, I love the cartoon. Uh, so it was jarring at first to see it in live action. I don't know if people have an experience where like their cartoons turn into live action and they're like, oh, movie magic. But I was like, ew. Um, <laughs> right, because as we remember, Allegra hated watching like live action people movies when yeah. she was little. <laughs> um, so the only thing I actually remembered before watching it was at the end, Louis Armstrong's What a Wonderful World. That's all you remember? That's it. <laughs> the one part that turns into a cartoon? Yes. <laughs> the one part of the movie that turns into a cartoon, she's like, got it. I just remember liking the song. Um, all I remember, my pre-watch notes were French girls, outfits, Paris, the nun, the boy who feeds a mouse to a snake, <laughs> and... Oh, Louis Armstrong, Wonderful World plays while they run around the park, and that's it. Everybody that's all remembered I remember. that part. <laughs> yeah. Because my pre-watch notes are, appendix scene was dramatic. Does she and or Pepito get kidnapped by carnies? 
Is there a rival girl who doesn't like her? She's an orphan, right? What a wonderful world plays at the end. Something happens at Pepito's birthday party. <laughs> but I didn't know what. I just knew it was a something happened. Yeah. Was there yeah, a Pepito we, we, birthday party? Am I forgetting that part? Yeah, dude. That's where he's <laughs> That's where the, the snake mouse. with the mouse is. Oh, that's right. That was the birthday party. I forgot. I forgot. I forgot. Um, it's just like a matador. I was, like I said, I was pretty crossed last night. So, um, right. I'm sure I have some some notes about it. But yeah, <laughs> let's get into the uh, the main argument. Our our pre argument scores. Mine is nostalgia factor seven. Sit through ability eight. Appropriate for children, 10. Does it hold up, 9. Can I follow, 8. Those are pretty good scores. Now, I think as I'm saying this, I am going to bump down Can I Follow to 7 because it was kind of all over the place. <laughs> but I'm leaving room for you to convince me. I have, okay. I have no attachment to that score. It's just because I'm kind of remembering that it was really scrambled this whole plot was like and what i later found out through research was literally four plot lines in one movie from like their old books and tv Mm -hmm. series so Mm -hmm. that kind of makes i'm like yeah that checks out four plot lines jammed into an hour and a half that makes sense um allegra just salad and scrambled eggs yeah, I remember reading the books, so I remembered all of these plot lines, both in book and cartoon and live-action form. Mm-hmm. So, Nostalgia, straight 10. Oh my god. Um, this is probably the bar. This is this is perfection. When, when re-listening to our, our Georgia the Jungle episode, I was like, ooh, I was too stingy with my points. Hashtag justice for George. <laughs> but when re-listening to my why I gave George maybe not a perfect 10 on nostalgia. It was like, I don't know. It's just not, it's like almost there, but not quite. This is it. This is 10 out of 10 nostalgia. If I could give it an 11, I would. I was going to say, if you specifically didn't give this a 10 for nostalgia, I would have been extremely offended. (laughs) You would have eaten your hat. (laughs) I would have. My hat. I'm a hat. He's a bad hat. hat. (laughs) A lot of hat talk. Okay, anyway, sorry. Uh, Enjoyability, 8.5. Fucking so pleasant um what is what is the third category (laughs) appropriate for children oh 10 uh does it hold up 10 can i follow this eight this movie is damn near perfection this is an allegra movie i I don't even have to do that much (laughs) i have some arguments on the does it hold up factor just two specific points and that's it go for it Um, all right yeah let's dive in yeah. So the first one was, I mean, I just feel like this was like really a like a joke in like the 90s and early thousands. Because I also remember it from like Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, where like it's funny for a Spanish person to have like 90 names. Where I'm like, oh, yeah. is that that is that problematic <laughs> or is that fine? Because like I was like, all right, like is the joke simply that he has a lot of names? And it's hard to pronounce? I don't know. But anyways, I was kind of like iffy on that one. But the second one was a definite no-no. Like, big time no-no. And it's the the fucking policeman who is like, 
Are you sure that this little boy and little girl didn't run away on a romantic adventure? So, couple things. Couple things. One, why would he assume that when they're like 10? And two, why is he saying it as if that's a perfectly reasonable excuse for two children to be missing? Is like, He oh, also said, well, maybe, perhaps if the boy was French. Yeah, exactly. Perhaps if the boy was French. Then that's fine that a 10-year-old would be trying to get, be, like, trying to get busy. Like, no. No, no, okay, no. Okay, I... And, and that's like, arrow. yeah, just let them do their thing. They're, they're lost in a major city. They'll find their way back. They're just boning? Like, no. That's not okay. One bit. So I did, I did have to knock the hold-up factor just a little <laughs> bit for that one. I also um, captured the wildly incompetent police officer. Um, and I, I do, that is one of the things I want to talk to you about later, but like put a pin in that. The Perhaps if the boy was French. Um, but like, you know, he just seemed to be like really shitty at his job. So I don't even think he knew how old they were. It sounds like he wasn't really like giving a shit about the details here. He heard boy and girl are missing and he goes, oh, the French. Uh, so clearly he's projecting, but I also love the idea of how they're just like, are you sure they didn't just run away to join the circus? This happens all the time. I'm like, is there <laughs> all a the fucking, time? Is there a fucking epidemic again, of French yeah, children again, once running again, away to the circus? Like, oh, because that happens, it's fine. They're fine. They're I'm fine. Like, I'm like, how many missing children cases? Does he hand wave and assume they probably just join the circus and like not do his job? Yeah, and he's like, everyone knows that circus employees are the safest, most responsible human beings to look after children. And if they happen like, to have your children now, that's just the way the French government works. We can't do anything is, about it. That is in our constitution. <laughs> And when you say our, you mean uh, yours as well, Gray. Oh. Yes, because I <laughs> am a... a French citizen by default. Yes. Wee uh, wee. Oui, oui. uh, ouais. ouais. I, I learned, yeah, their, their uh, citizen's test for you to gain citizenship is just, can you roll your own cigarette? And I was just like, all right, pass that one. I'm <laughs> now... Here's your beret and baguette, and you know. <laughs> oh, can we talk about your kerchief and your little striped sweater? Yeah, they're like, all right, get fucking. You're a French citizen now. <laughs> Grow out your armpit hair and have some fun. <laughs> can we talk about how in like the beginning montage at the end, every girl just has their own fully full size baguette. They're just walking. <laughs> Everyone just yeah. has their own baguette, and that's like when Aggie and Madeline are like sword fighting with them. I'm like, why do they all have one? That's a lot of bread. It's breakfast. What? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's France. I yeah, guess. Well, I guess it makes once sense. Once again, I think that checks out. <laughs> I think that checks out. Um, yeah, I did write at the very beginning just to to jump off of that I, because again, I was pretty inebriated. I just wrote, "Oh shit, I remember this beginning poem." Yes, <laughs> I know, was going to talk about that. Yeah, like The little house is, covered in vines, like two girls form, you know, two straight two lines. Twelve little girls girl, and two straight yeah, lines. Two. <laughs> They left the house at half, half past, past nine 20. in rain or shine. The smallest one was Madeline. Yeah, like that is pulled directly from the books. And yeah. 
Like, it just punches you in the face with nostalgia, like, on yeah, word it did. one. It did. <laughs> okay, even the opening. And then. And, like, the opening credits start off with, like, the art from the books, but, and I guess also kind of the cartoon, which is also, it's just so beautiful and nostalgic. And I also noted, like, I felt like a lot, like, the cinematography in this movie was also really fun. A lot of the, like, like, city shots and landscape shops shots I thought like mirrored like art from the books as well so I feel like if you grew up with Madeline and you knew what it was about this movie would have just been like it for you like this Tickle. was yeah. it yeah oh Tickle yeah yeah, yeah. Bone. no this movie was so cute so much of this movie was so cute and also mm. okay Ha- can we just like give a round of applause to Hattie Jones? Oh my this god! This ten-year-old yes. actress who was killing it, by far the best child actor of any of the movies we've watched so far. Like hundred percent. Like what? Like similar to what Allegra was saying, that that was the bar, and like for for acting prowess as a child, she absolutely slayed it. And I, honestly, all the children kind of did. They all, all kind of did it. Yeah, I thought they yeah. all did a really good job. And I was thinking, like, maybe I'm just charmed by their British accents, so I think they're doing a better job than they are. But, like, I thought everybody did a pretty good job. All the children were very good. I even Yeah, but yes. Maddie Jones, oh, my God, amazing. I even wrote down in my notes at one point that she should have been cast as Ginny. In Harry Potter. Oh, my God. Like, oh, I have a she... fun fact about this. Oh, yeah. She auditioned for the role of Hermione Granger, and it was literally down to her and Emma Watson. They were the wow. final two. Wow. And the only reason they passed on Jones is because they thought she was too old for the role to start. Mm-hmm. Because she was 10 during this filming, so she would have been, I think, 13 when yeah. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone came out. So the only reason she was passed on was because she was just a little too old to play, you know, book one Hermione. So if she was too old to play Hermione, she would have definitely been too old to play Ginny. But I thought that her spirit embodied, like, book Ginny, uh, like, to a T, at least in this movie. Like, I feel like she could have carried that off. She could have pulled that off. Um, But, yeah. And I think this was, like, one of the last things she was even in. I did a brief This was the only thing she was... This is the only feature film she's ever been in. She's been in two TV shows, like, one episode parts, and then she, like, directed, wrote, produced, and starred in some, like, short film in 2015, and that's it. That's insane. Because she's so good. She was so so good. good. Yeah. Yeah. I I just wrote... This is... Just one bullet point, one bullet point, one bullet point. This actress for Madeline is fucking killing it. Why are these all the best child actors I've ever seen in my life? Am I am I just really high? <laughs> like No, because I, I was stone cold sober and I thought the same exactly. thing. Exactly. I was like I was like, am I just being charmed because of my intoxication? I'm like, no, I like they're really good. They were all like Pepito had some work to do, but again, he wasn't bad. I think just compared to everyone else, he was lacking. But like, Frances McDormand killed it. I love all the girls killed it. Honestly, like the two weakest performances, 
And it wasn't even weak. They were just like overly caricaturized were Leopold and Lord Covington. And it's just because they were like caricatures compared to everyone else, which were a lot more fleshed out. And yeah. And also just compared to everyone else. Like, and I think, if anything, I don't even think their performances were bad. I just think they were like more underwritten than that's everybody That's what I mean. Else. That's what I mean. Yeah. It wasn't even. It wasn't even like the actor's performance. It was just like the characters themselves were weaker because, yeah, they were under fleshed. They weren't fleshed out. I think Pepito yeah. was a lot more hilarious than I remember. <laughs> I think, like as a kid, I was like, "Oh, Pepito's fighting with Malai, no!" But as an adult, I'm like, "This kid's." when he's like driving around in his courtyard on the Vespa and just yeah. like knocks over his kick a statue immediately sets off the I, fireworks and he's like yeah yeah I was not a fan I mean I understand like hilarious and kind of a pathetic way um yeah but I did say okay so this boy sucks um Oh my god, the scene of the boy in the devil costume just brought up memories I'd forgotten about. (laughs) And then, this Pepito kid is literally a psychopath. He would be a real incel in today's world. He's just got no friends. Yeah, I did write, like... I think at one like at the birthday party, I write the psychopath child built a guillotine with the toolbox Miss Clavel yeah. gave him. I don't think this was her intention. Yeah, dude. Oh my god, I didn't even connect the dots that there was the toolbox. Yeah, because he's like, I built this guillotine. Well, to be fair, his parents are like ignoring him and dumping him with this tutor who actually doesn't do shit. Yeah, I'm like, what year is it? Like, are no background checks? That's another he- thing. I'm so I was trying to figure out like when does this movie take place like the whole time and I feel like it's like 50s 60s It is so it is the 50s the the books the books take place in 1939 and I think they set this one to like I want to say like 56 in the movie the Madeline um, books take place right before fucking Hitler takes over Paris. That's a fucking dark, <laughs> ominous cloud, like right above. It's like, not. It's no, happy, I, I think if anything, adventures. it's more of like, it's it's kind of like you know escapism. When, when yeah, well, I was gonna say when like Paris was still like innocent, and it's in the in the realm of like you know, it lacked any omens yet. You know, it was like before anything really bad. That's happened true. to the city other than World War One. All of the blood that is spilled <laughs> on those streets. Um, but that was French on French crime. It's fine. They do that to each other all the time. Um, you know, the revolution, whatever. Right. Oh yeah, and at one point then Cook talks about the, the resistance. And she's like, I'm not fucking joking. I will kill this British man today. All right. Ellen <laughs> I love Ellen. Amazing. I want to be Ellen. She is hilarious she is one yes she was adorable not 100 years old she just is real she just fucking <laughs> she does not fuck around she also used to date like a circus man which i'm like i'm not surprised that you had a love affair with some man who worked in the circus and apparently like, had a huge fucking dong yeah <laughs> wait did i miss that what <laughs> it was so subtle but she was like he used to pleasure me with his and like points down and she's like Len! Clavel's like, stop it! I did not pick up on that. Okay. It was very, very subtle. Like, truly, like, 
That it, one was for the adults. <laughs> as a, a children would not know how to pick up on that. It was so subtle, but um, um a I couple do wanna, things. Okay. Oh no, please, you go, you go. I, I just like I really want to introduce this uh possibly one time only segment, the French connection. Uh before we go any further. You know, we gotta wow, we check had, accuracy. We had exactly the same instinct when we talked over each other because I was gonna <laughs> kinda go into it also. Perfect. Perfect. All right. So yeah, the, the I'm thinking Please. the structure of this is I have noted some things that um, you know, raised a little French flag. Uh, <laughs> is this is this real French? Is this a real French thing? Uh, so okay. Gray, our resident 100% French expert, um, like Gray, you may even reply in French if that's more comfortable for you. <laughs> um, <cool>. And. <laughs> Way, way, way. Um, That's the only word Allegra knows. Yeah, basically. Like, the Parisian slang pronunciation of we. I know. Yeah. Bonjour. <laughs> Merci beaucoup. And way. way. That's pretty much it. Way. Um, <laughs> okay. It's like a cat throwing up. Um, anyway, anyway. Speaking, so, of, um, speaking of cat noises, uh, I don't remember what this was for, but it was really early. In the movie, and I just wrote, why did that cook lady go, (laughs) do you remember it? I don't remember what was happening. I think she she was was saying something. She was saying something, but it just sounded like, (laughs) I just wrote that down. I don't remember why. But anyways. I love that, like, your foggy ass notes. (laughs) Why is this cook woman calling a cat? Yeah. (laughs) So my notes get better when I, all of the second half of the movie, when I was watching it this morning, the notes are way better. (laughs) But a lot of these are just very stream of consciousness. (laughs) I love it. All right, Graham, you tell me uh, accurate or uh, not accurate. Way or no. Or no way. (laughs) No no way. (laughs) Yes. Perfect. (laughs) So right. in the opening poem, when uh, so the opening poem, you know, there are two, 12 little girls in two straight lines, the youngest girl and Madeline. They, um, they smiled at the good and they frowned at the bad, <laughs> meaning that we are teaching these children to show open disdain towards the public just in the way only the French people can. Way or no way? Way. <laughs> way. Absolutely. And also... There, there is, there's some truth to it and some, some inaccuracies. The French people don't smile at strangers. <laughs> they don't. They don't. True. You know how if you're walking down the street and you make awkward eye contact with someone passing, how you kind of give like a weird smirk and then put your head down? Maybe not you guys because you're in New York, but anywhere else in the world or in the country, I guess, you would just like, you know, awkward smirk, look away. No, they... Can, they remain resting bitch face and then look away. It's no, there's no, man, not manners. There's no, what's the word I'm looking smiling for? Smiling at the good. <laughs> well, yeah, well, yes, there's no smiling Courtesies. at the good. There's, yes, there's, there we go. There's no courtesy. It's just, I don't know you. You don't deserve any emotion from me. And then if, if I don't know you and I don't like you, open disdain. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Oh, okay. So we'll just go to uh, the cop. 
when he's hearing that children are missing, goes, are you sure they did not run away for a romantic affair? And they were like, no. They didn't say because they're 10. We didn't hear them tell the cop that how old they were. And he goes, oh, perhaps if the boy was French. Way or no way? Which part? If, if, <laughs> okay, that's true, Slayer. <laughs> a, if a cop would uh, say to a nun, don't worry your pretty little head. I'm like, oh, it's a pretty Catholic country. Would you really get away with saying that to a nun? Uh, yes. <laughs> that's a way. They're pretty Catholic, but they're even more horny. So, yes. Uh, two, would you immediately assume um, a crime did not happen, but maybe a horny crime happened? Yes. Way. And three... Especially <laughs> if they were French. <laughs> no, that one I just don't know because I, you know, I I wasn't even though I am French, hundred <laughs> percent. I didn't have any encounters like this with the police to where it was like, oh, you're French, keep moving. <laughs> you know, the whole time the the system was trying to turn me away from my true French calling, so. They were always trying to label me as American. Gotcha. Right. And obviously, as uh, your French Sona uh, rejected that. You are French kin? Yes. I, oh, I have, I have one. Vegetarianism. Yes. Looked down upon? Way or no way? Way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they, that is like, it's, it's literally like a spit in the face to people that take themselves seriously as like, the French, because cuisine is a huge point of pride for a lot of French people. Even if you are not, like, a cook, it's like, you know, they they take a lot of pride in the fact that French cuisine is, like, so renowned. And if you're like, oh, no, I'm not going to have, like, 90% of French cuisine, then they'd probably be like, you fucking bitch. Like, yeah. Um... What about an epidemic of French children running away to join the circus? <laughs> Heavy way. I saw it every <laughs> week. Constantly. Now, I have a couple uh, things to bring up myself that it. are in, in the realm of, of France. Um, one, the River Seine that Madeline falls into, the river that goes through Paris, it's called the Seine, is fucking disgusting. It is I was wondering gross. that. And her being like, watching her being like, <laughs> like swimming and getting in her mouth made me want to vomit. Um, I later found out through research that the actress herself wasn't actually in it. She was in a pool filled with chocolate powder to mimic the disgusting <laughs> color of the sin. Oh my God. But also, did she get sick shortly after did she get appendicitis shortly after? No, appendicitis was first, but she got a cold. Like, okay. like she started sneezing as soon as she emerged no, that from the water. That bitch got hepatitis she, from the yes, sun. I was just about to say, she would not get a cold from the river Seine. She would get hepatitis. <laughs> meningitis. Or meningitis. All of yes. it. She has every like, hepatitis. She has every gitis, yes. Uh, also, I can confirm as um, the resident British citizen, <laughs> aka study abroad douche who studied abroad in London, the Thames, the river that runs through London, same exact deal. So when she fell into yeah. the Seine, I'm like, is this like a Thames situation where it's like Absolutely. literally like it used to be a sewage 
like yes. slash dead body dumping ground and now it's yes. just like still nasty yeah okay yes I, absolutely um, i find that um like gray i really want to thank you for your uh bravery and your patience for letting holland talk about uh the british um <laughs> and comparing it to your beloved paris because i know that it, you are mortal enemies um you and holland so i'm gonna have to knock um, off a point in my score because of that I'll get it back. I'll get it back. Um, I, I did notice the adult- typical British colonial like <laughs> confidence or pompousness or whatever, right? You know the British used to speak French. Disgusting language they speak now. My goodness. Oh my goodness. Um, I did notice the adult woman uh, body double when the dog <laughs> was going through to rescue her. It was like this yes. is a woman. This is an adult. <laughs> Oh, I also wanted oh, to yeah. talk about the dog. Yes, not brown. Uh, are we done? I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut off the French connection. I, I but... do have one more thing, but I can't. I, I have one more thing. Okay. When they are looking for this dog, and it's going to be a great segue because we're talking about the dog. When they are <laughs> okay, looking right. for Genevieve, when she runs away, I just need to tell you the extent to which they searched for this fucking dog. So <laughs> the house is near the Eiffel Tower. You can, you can see it in the background. Great plot of land. The Eiffel Tower is in the 7th arrondissement, which is like west of the city. Like, the, like, if the city is a circle, let's just imagine Paris is a circle, because it kind of is. The Eiffel Tower is like central west. Like, essentially on the like equator of the circle, maybe a little below it, on the west. They start there... Obviously, because that's where the house is. Then they end up at Pont Neuf, which is on the river right by Notre Dame, which is central east. So, like, the other side of the city, like, four or five miles away. And then, from there, they go to Montmartre, which is north, like, due north of the city, like, the top of the city, which is another, like, Four miles from Pont Neuf. So they are scouring this <laughs> fucking city. And the dog was in the goddamn neighborhood all along. Like, why did you start in the neighborhood? Yeah. They were I, miles looking for this dog. They're 10. Like 12, 10 I noticed that too. I was like, they're going all over the goddamn place. I'm like, there's no way this dog would have gotten all the way over here, surely. Um, Absolutely not. But also the dog. So in like the books and the TV show, the dog was like a brown dog. It yep. was like a hound or like a dachshund or something. It wasn't I, a dachshund. Well, I don't the know. Size of a ten-year-old, so it's like a medium-sized. Dog. Whatever. It's like a brown, a chocolate lab, perhaps. But I have a conspiracy. I don't know if it's a conspiracy theory, but I have a theory that they changed the dog to a golden retriever in the movie. Because it was the Labrador. 90s, and everybody was obsessed with golden retrievers in the 90s. Well, it was or actually labs. a yellow lab. It was a yellow lab, yeah. Well, one of the girls said it was a golden receiver. Well, okay, so in the animated series, Genevieve is depicted as a brown... <laughs> as a brown Afghan... Uh, Afghan... Afghan, Jesus, hound mongrel. And I'm like... That's an official term, by the way. That's not my words. But I'm like, did Airbud really have this much power that yes. it changed like 
every dog that you wanted was gonna be a golden retriever or a lab. Maybe or they changed like it that. to a maybe they changed it to a white dog because otherwise you wouldn't be able to see it when it jumped in this in the sand. <laughs> blend. The dog was uh, a very like that shot a huge nostalgia arrow through my mind because I remembered how much of a dog girl I was. You really were. I was a dog obsessed. And that like, dog got... was so cute. Genevieve was so cute. so cute. Such a cute little fucking face. <laughs> yeah, Madeline was my icon. The entire time I just I just remembered how much I wanted to be her. I thought she was so cool and so brave and she was a leader. In reality, I was Aggie. Like, I wanted to be Madeline, but I was Aggie. I was going to say, I'm like, I feel like Aggie had such, like, baby Allegra energy. The fact that she's trying on bras and she's going, boobies, 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 her booby baskets. <laughs> I loved Aggie, though. I like, loved her. <laughs> she was a fun. She Aggie and Madeline, dynamic duo. They were both great. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, Aggie was even a real one and, like, covered for Madeline when she was running away to the circus. I'm like, Aggie's a real one, but also, why are you doing this? This is not, like, please don't let your friend run away to the circus. <laughs> she immediately was like, Okay, I'm sorry. she, one second, yeah, one second, she was like, I'll, I'll, I'll help you out. I'll hold the hat up. And then as soon as they get home, she's like, Madeline's gone. I tried to stop her. I'm like, you fucking liar. You little <laughs> snitch. You were like, um, you did not actually, try to stop her. You literally corroborated until you got home and you couldn't live with the guilt. Aggie. That actually happened to me. I was in that situation. A friend uh, wanted to pretend to go on the youth and government trip to Bob and said, if, if my... If someone asks, I went. And then I was like, you bet. And then when at the, after the trip was over and we were all coming back, I was like, I couldn't handle the guilt anymore and told their parents. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So I'm like, I get it. You're Aggie. literally Aggie. You are Aggie. I literally am Aggie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have another. Um, I have another theory. Do we think that Miss Clavel always knows when something is not right or knows, like, which direction to drive to find the children who have been abducted by idiots because she has a connection to God? Oh, it's absolutely Jesus. Jesus is whispering in her ear saying, go that way. Jesus did take the wheel. Jesus took the wheel. (laughs) I think that Jesus is actually Genevieve. I thought it was actually um, because of her background as a police woman woman in Fargo, in Fargo North Dakota <laughs> with her ace detective skills it's just a second sense she can She's she just can, got that intuition. you know you can, you can take the police woman out of out of Fargo but you can't no wait hold on she can try to run but her true calling always always stays within her she's just an ace detective and can't do anything about it I just came across a note. Is Pepito supposed to be hot? <laughs> As a child, I didn't get it, but you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Are you saying you get it a- now? No. You're like, As a child, I didn't get it, but now I'm like, hunk. Humana, humana. Well, because kid- I was going to say, like, I think when I watched this movie, I wasn't really paying attention in that way. But then, and now watching it as an adult, I have missed the window of, in which I could have explored whether 
Pepito was supposed to be a babe or not. So I just wanted to throw that out there because, like, some of those girls were swooning. I thought he was an adorable child. Um, he had, like, cool gelled hair. Listen, when you are a young girl at an all-girls school, you know, any boy, any boy <laughs> will true. do it for you. Like, um, boy next door, you already got the fantasies running in your brain. Yeah, it doesn't. It truly doesn't matter what Pepito looked like at all. <laughs> They were just, they were starved for, for looking at boys. Like, um, my college, our mascot, it was King Triton. Yes. And um, we had something called Triton Eye, in which uh, we were known for having such uh, bad-looking students that, oh like, after you spend a year or so there, you get sort of Stockholm Syndrome, and it's called Triton Eye, where suddenly everyone starts looking good. That's what they got. <laughs> oh, Wow. Damn, UCSD, what? You mean what UC, slander? UC socially dead? Yeah. We were just known you're, for being just like the nerd school. You're like, you're a, you're a San Diego State 6, but a UC San Diego 9. That is fucking true facts. Every time I had to go to SDSU, I felt like a goddamn bridge troll. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I I had the opposite experience at my college where I was like, oh, wow, this is giving me very unrealistic expectations for what human beings look like on a day-to-day well, yeah. scale. <laughs> Fucking USC. <laughs> yeah, I went to USC where, like, every beautiful human being in the world went. And so I was just like, oh, yeah, everyone in the world is this attractive. And then I go out into the world and I'm like, oh, no, everyone just looks like me. <laughs> so, um, do we want to talk about the plot? Which one? <laughs> okay. Yeah, so kind of hard to follow. There was a lot going on. There was a lot say, going on. The followability, I did have to knock it down a point or so because the beginning just fucking starts. And they're like, it's called Madeline. And I'm just like, I don't know. There's a lot of Miss Clavel. Should this movie be called Miss Clavel? But I feel like once... Madeline has the scene in the hospital with the head of the school lady, Marie Jabert, which is a much fancier, cooler way of saying Gilbert. <laughs> I know! Fucking I don't think I ever name. realized that when I was little. Chabelle. That it's like, it's Gilbert. <laughs> I'm Mary Gilbert. I'm Marie Jabert. Yeah. Um, after that, I really feel like the movie finally has like a solid rhythm and it's much more followable but like we just were thrown in into the in the first few appendicitis moments yeah i will admit like the selling of the school plot line gets a little muddled like i it's feel pretty like, shaky yeah I it kind feel of like, like comes and goes i feel like the climax at the end should have been I think, like, their pranks should have happened at the end and also have been tied with, like, the Uzbekistan. Like, there are too many tours of the house. There was, like, one too many tours of the house. And I, but, like, I don't know. Then maybe if we only had the one at the beginning and the one at the end, we would have felt like the whole thing got lost. I don't know. I will, I will defend, actually, the way, like, I liked the exciting stuff in the middle, and I think it really did heighten... Lord Cuckoo Face's anger in a good way. And That's I, true. I really appreciate how, um, you know, 
We have the fireworks Home Alone prank scene. We have the three idiots clown chase scene. But the movie really ends on a note of Madeline the orphan emotionally connecting with this recently widowed man. And she is teaching him the message that love perseveres even after death. And he wins the hearts of both Lord Kukuba and the Uzbekin, uh, Uzbekistani uh, prime, like, whatever. Ambassador. Ambassador. And I was like, this movie's message is love and that, and like, f- chosen family and uh, grief. I thought it was extremely touching for a kid's movie. Totally. Yeah. It did not end on the big I, I did say. That's true. Scene. That's true. Um, I want to just point out a couple one thing that meg said during that scene um oh no it was it was during one i think it was the scene in when they were kidnapped they were still in the truck but they were like about to escape they were escape actively escaping um and she was just being you know the the typical madeline sweetheart to pepito she just goes meg says I feel like Madeline is a sweet old grandma trapped inside an adorable girl's body. <laughs> <laughs> I love that for her. I thought that was so cute. Years. Yeah. <laughs> this she also was thought super that the cute. bully girl is the bully girl is definitely the Amanda of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Holland popping in here. As I'm editing this, I'm realizing we never explained who Amanda is. <laughs> Um, Amanda is our stepsister. She's just very girly and very, like, likes things in a certain way and kind of likes to be, like, in control a little bit, which was giving us Vicky vibes. But, yeah, that was kind of an inside baseball reference. So, yeah, now you understand that maybe a little bit more. Okay. (laughs) Bye. Vicky. Vicky's also such a good, like antagonist girl name Icky like Vicky. Icky Vicky yeah I have to say I yeah. feel like they earned the sorry Amanda bully hugs protagonist yes ending they earned the the bully the hugs. bully is sad that Madeline is gone yes yeah oh yes yeah, yeah, yeah. yes that one was definitely very a lot more warranted than another movie that we're gonna just redo later and you'll you'll know then You'll know what it is. Um, Secret episode. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. I did say uh, Pepito and Madeline handled the trauma of being kidnapped extraordinarily well. <laughs> Honestly. There was no signs of, of PTSD. They were just home and they're like, Mama, Papa, I rode a whole motorcycle. <laughs> Not like, Mama and Papa, holy shit, clowns kidnapped me. I am never going to the circus again. <laughs> I can't believe you hired that man. He never taught me oh, how yeah, to read. <laughs> In like 10 or 15 oh, yeah. years, it's going to hit him. But like, no. Yeah. Right now, he's just like also, amped about the motorcycle. <laughs> also, since when was that guy trying to kidnap Pepito? Like, was that always a plot line? Or did I that just come so. out of fucking nowhere? Because to I me... Mean, Again, I don't remember most of the first half of the movie. I remember he was kind of a sleaze ball, but I don't remember just being like, "Oh yeah, I'm taking this kid." That's my whole goal. Like they they lay it out. It's a kind. It's pretty subtle, but like at the beginning, we see him like taking photos of Pepito, which is 
creepy. Like before he's hired, I think. He, yeah. Like oh, we that see was him just spying a, that's off That's just a super French thing. I just thought that was like, oh yeah, just a French guy taking. <laughs> just take. That's pictures super of French. Kids. Yeah, you just you, then, you hide and you take pictures of kids without them knowing. That's trust me, just a really French thing. Great. Like they're all French. Um, but then at the birthday party, that Madeline like overhears him talking to one of the idiots and i think they're kind of like they're talking about like give me a little more time like we're gonna get the, i think they have like a little powwow that you were that's another like clue like this guy's bad news also that's why madeline's like is there supposed to be a clown here and pepito's like you're the only clown i see boom burned and like, oh <laughs> i forgot about that part he did say was there supposed i was like Okay, so that that's why the clowns tied so there in. Were like, I'm like, there were little Why do they crumbs. just know the clowns? How, are we supposed to know that these clowns are okay? That it's just who are these my clowns? Memory <laughs> was very muddled. Yeah, who are these? Yeah, are these idiots. <laughs> I love uh, that tweet. That's just like. Oh, can we talk oh about God. the idiots? <laughs> can I say my tweet first? Sorry. The tweet is, um, I love the insult, who's this clown? Because not only are you saying you don't know who they are, but they're not even a very famous clown. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yes, let's talk about how... Yeah, can we talk about the idiots, though? Because I kind of loved all of them. They all, (laughs) I mean, at least, like, I feel like there were, like, one or two who were, like, actually really malicious. But then there was, like, at least just one guy who was, like... The one that got left behind... The one that got behind, the one that, like, came up after, like, after the tutor, like, threw the children in the truck, like, the lagging clown is just like, isn't this the life, like, this is the life, eh? And he's like, get in the truck! He's just, like, happy to be there. He's just, like, living his clown life. (laughs) He loves being in the circus, and... They're practicing all the time. Like, there's this an establishing shot where they're, like, around a campfire, and they do a goofy little practice of getting the soup pot on his head, and one of the idiots goes, it's not bad. Yeah, but and they're a, just, like, on the unicycle and juggling, like, at the campfire. They're just, like, honing in on their craft. It's like, this is their main <laughs> job. Their main job is I not do think... ransoming ambassadors' children. They're clowns first. I do think... There is a reason one of them gets left behind, and it's because he doesn't go to jail because he was more pure-hearted. True. Because, you know, he gets... But again, and it was so funny because I think it was the only line that that third clown actually did have. Um, It's not good. It's not a strong acting line. Yes, he was a worse actor than every child in this movie (laughs) because he just goes like, Wait, you forgot about me! And, like, was so bad <laughs> and unnatural and forced that you're like, all right, just run off. Go go join another circus. You don't deserve this. This, but life. this is what confuses me the most. We see all three idiots, and then we sue the tutor. The tutor is a fourth guy. Is he a clown? Is he associated with the circus at all? Is he just a con man who thought, though I know how I can earn money, with clowns? <laughs> it's foolproof. We don't know anything about this tutor at all, except that he wants to ransom children. Yeah, his connection do to want, the circus do you want to know something? is confusing. Sure. One thing that I literally only learned from looking up trivia about this movie in preparation for the podcast, because they don't say anything about this in the movie, as far as I can can remember apparently the guy leopold is the name of the tutor 
is a Soviet spy <laughs> trying to kidnap what? Pepito to get money and make Spain a communist country. What? <laughs> of course. How did we not see it? <laughs> because of this fact, this movie was banned in Russia until 2008. That wasn't even apparent in the movie. <laughs> I know. Unless he was wearing That's... some kind of memorabilia that was supposed to be like, if you know, you know, this man. Why did he have a British accent? Why didn't they have him have a Russian? I mean, I know Russian spies like can perfect accents. I've watched two seasons of The Americans, whatever. But like, I don't, that, I did not pick that up in the sunlight. Yeah, no. I, yeah. <laughs> it, uh, once again, it's a really French thing. Um <laughs> <laughs> I love this is the evolved version of hashtag maybe it's different. <laughs> exactly. Degrassi pod fans, if you know, oh, you okay. know. Or I never okay. listened to your podcast in the five years that I you mean, did it. I mean, because Degrassi nope. takes place in Canada, um, there were just, whenever something didn't make sense, we were like, I don't know, maybe it's different in Canada. <laughs> so we just, it just became hashtag maybe it's different when we <laughs> couldn't explain something. <laughs> It's just, it's just a French, French. thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, yeah. Well, this movie, I just, I, I thoroughly enjoyed. I really, I was, I was optimistic for it just because of the nostalgia of it. But I was kind of nervous where I'm like, I think I'll enjoy it just because of the nostalgia. But I don't know if it's really going to hold up like as an actual enjoyable movie. And I was like pleasantly surprised. I was, like, happy to be wrong about that. Meg was really, like, not stoked for this movie because she never watched it. She was not indoctrinated in the Madeline life and kept calling <laughs> it the... She kept calling it, like, so when are we watching this Polly Pocket movie? And I don't know why she kept saying that. But she was like, uh, it's just going to be another, like, princess movie. Like, I'm not, like, you know, like, she was very tomboyish growing up and was very much, like into like you know oh what what are what is my brother into or like the movie she liked she very much liked you know Lindsay Lohan or Amanda Bynes where it was very much like no I'm not a girly girl you know I'm my own woman yeah, yeah, yeah. so I think she and was Master like disguise, uh, feminist icon Dana uh, Carvey Sorry. yes of course um so she was she just didn't know what to expect with this movie and she thought it was just going to be another like girls should be girls movies and she was like oh my god i love this movie this movie is perfect i enjoyed it so much and i'm like yes cool got him awesome. got her <laughs> got him got another one yeah it sounds like meg and i were similar in feeling like i was very much also like not a i mean i love me a princess movie but i also loved a tomboy movie like I didn't want to be pigeonholed and I think this movie does that very very well because they get extremely excited to dress up for Petito's birthday party but oh, they're yeah. also like did you know Joan of Arc got burnt at the stake when she was 19 I'm gonna get burnt at the stake too what an amazing way <laughs> yeah. to die and I'm like yes I, that was I was like that again must be just a really French thing that's just very French <laughs> to be like I am going to be a martyr and die <laughs> like, in, in the most dramatic way possible. Very French. Yeah. And also the end is like, 
Oh, you thought the man was the ambassador? Uh uh uh. Oh, I it's know. the woman. You played like, yourself. You're snap, sexist. Snap, snap. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, snap, snap. Women are powerful. For a very too. 90s girl power moment. Yes. <laughs> I also find it interesting because if it's the 50s, then Uzbekistan is Soviet. <laughs> But you know, well, she's that's wearing whatever. a Soviet yeah. pin. She she had a hammer and sickle pin on her lapel. Yeah, because mm. she's just she's just back like a, the the Soviets. Are you saying Lord Covington was fine selling his home to the Soviets if it meant he didn't have to deal with the grief of losing his wife? I mean, desperate Listen, times, he man. He had very <laughs> unresolved issues with his. Wife. Is that also French? Like pushing down the emotions, not addressing the trauma. <laughs> No, I feel no. That's not. That's a very British thing. True, true. Very British, because in the French, you would just you would just wallow in that depression. You would just use all facets of that depression to completely dictate your life openly and not repress it. Yeah. Um, The one last thing. Any any actual French people are like, God damn it! You are just perpetuating. They don't eat frog in the movie. Um, they just eat chicken, Ellen. Chicken, Ellen. Chicken, um, Ellen. So, yes. Or Fred. So I just. R.I.P. Fred. I do want to, since we're talking about chicken, Ellen, and Fred, that is the one shoe part of the movie, is when, um, so Lord, like they're arguing about eating meat, um, and Madeline is absolutely that girl who would go vegan and then shame people for eating meat. Clearly. <laughs> um, so Lord Covington interrupts and he goes talks to Miss Clavel and she's like I'm selling the school and so Miss Clavel comes back and the first thing you hear Madeline say is wearing leather shoes is that the same thing as eating meat I wrote that down too. and I'm like isn't it yeah <laughs> <laughs> fucking fair weather vegan over here yeah she never said vegan she said vegetarian she didn't say vegetarian but that doesn't that doesn't change her point from being wrong but like. I guess there's a shoe. Mo- that's hardly a shoe moment in this movie because I don't even remember that line. But I'm just saying the, we have I to have a shoe the somewhere. The only other shoe moment I. The only other shoe moment I could have, that I could think of was when she was standing up on the bridge and there was just like a shot of her little cute little black like Mary Jane shoe with the white sock like there like as like the girls were looking at her i i like i distinctly remember thinking like oh those are cute little shoes like i'm pretty sure like we all had those little shoes when we were little i mean not gray but that's the only other shoe (laughs) moment i could think of oh yeah mom wanted us to be in those little lacy socks and mary jane's all the time my mom Mm. put a bow in my hair like madeline's hair at pepito's party is what my mom wanted my hair to be like like but my hair always ended up looking like post physical fight with Pepito hair. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, Vicky's hair at the birthday party? Not oh a good God. look. Not a good look. You could tell Oof. she did it herself. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, Miss Clavel. One of us will look fabulous at the party. And, like, she, she looks like she stuck a fork in the electrical socket. <laughs> exactly. She looks like uh, Angelica's doll Cynthia from Rugrats. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> she looks like Big Bird decided to try crimping. Yeah. Oh, also, um, at the, like, the ending credits song, also, totally, I forgot that about that song, but as soon as it started playing, I was like, 
Oh my god. Do 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 do. How it goes from fucking Wonderful World and then Smash Cuts to like the most this 90s, 90s ass Madeline song. Yeah, which I, is sung I did by Carly like Simon. <laughs> I'm not saying Wait, it, was it was good, I'm just who? saying. Carly Simon. You're so vain. You're so Madeline. Okay, I learned recently that Mick Jagger sings backup vocals in You're So Vain. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. But anyway, I forgot about that 90s, 90s ass song that like basically just sums up the plot of the movie <laughs> over, the, over the ending credits. But speaking of the ending credits, I guess I can get into final arguments. Very good transition. Um... The only, I mean, the only person who I have to argue for nostalgia is Gray. I mean, I feel like a seven still feels pretty low, especially because, like, I actually didn't real remember how much you also watched it growing up, and also we played the Madeline games, and I don't know, you were around the Madeline stuff. I feel like seven is kind of low, but like, I don't know. Also, the French of it all. You, you, you are French, Gray. How can you not be nostalgic bring, for I'm Paris? Gonna bring, I'm gonna bring it up to an eight, just because, like I said, or like you said, it was very much, you know, relevant to my childhood. The only reason I'm not putting it to a nine or ten is just because there were just a lot of holes in my memory of it. Um, That's fair. At least, like the movie itself. Um, Madeline as a franchise is a different story. I'm just, just, I'm keeping it at an eight. I think that's a great score, but I was just really little when we were watching this movie. Um, and you know, it kind of fell off my watch list sooner than you guys. Um, okay. But I'm keeping it at an eight or I'm going to move it up to an eight. Cool. And then sit through ability. I thought it was like, it went by pretty fast. I thought it was I don't know. I thought it was just like a generally enjoyable movie. I thought we all thought it was super cute. And Gray, you even said, I don't know if you said this on the recording or before we started, but you were like, even though I was really tired, I was like, I didn't want to fall asleep because I wanted to keep watching it. And I feel like that's just a testament to how, like, how good this movie was and how fun it was to watch and it was beautiful all like the shots of Paris and the tie-ins to the picture books I don't know I thought it was great appropriate for no, children we both right. have it out of 10 I'm, I think um, I'm gonna bump up my sit through ability to a 10 oh my god yes from and an then, 8 to a 10 because just oh re, like talking about it I'm like I'm in yeah you're right it was and such a adorable movie does it hold up I mean, I'll hand it to you. I understand. I don't think it can be a perfect 10, but I feel like an 8. I feel like at least an 8. It's got to be at least an 8. Um, and what's the last one? Can I follow, follow. this? I Yeah, the plot was a little wonky. But, like, <laughs> I don't know. We all, we all got it at the end. We all got there at the end. I don't think I really need to go on a whole spiel at the end because I, I think we all really generally enjoyed this movie. So I guess let's maybe maybe let's both of you run down through what each of your scores are now. So like nostalgia right. factor. So I'm going nostalgia is an eight, sit through ability is a ten, appropriate for children is a ten, does it hold up is an eight, and can I follow? I'm still gonna keep it at a seven. Okay. 
I have Nostalgia 10. I bumped up my sit-through ability to a 9. I'm gonna be honest, despite how, like, nearly every frame of this movie was sending a nostalgia bomb through my brain, like, even the most tactile things, like Miss Clavel grabbing the buggy, um, and when she's folding the towel super expertly, I did feel like it started to drag. I was, like, another vignette and checking the time, but, like, a 9. It is, like, nearly perfect. Uh, appropriate for children, 10. Does it hold up? 10. Um, and can I follow it? Eight. You know what? Fuck it. I'll even bump that up to a fucking nine because my only issue is like the, the intro. I fuck. I love this fucking movie, you guys. <laughs> Alrighty. Let's tally it up. My, uh, score ends up being a 43. I'm at a 48. We're at a 91, folks. That feels right. Wow. Feels tied true. with Shrek. Well, but that's before bonus points. I know. Wait, did you say 90 or 91? 91. Oh, you've already beat Shrek. Never mind. Even without bonus points. Honestly, bonus points for uh, all the 12 girls, the child actors. They fucking kill it. I love the girl with glasses who kind of looks like Alicia. Oh, yeah. I love Aggie. I love... um, I don't know. There's like a gaggle of three that sort of stick together who are like... Uh, they all love Madeline's surgery scar, and they're like, you're so lucky. <laughs> I love them all. What a great cast of girls. Honestly, I think I want to do bonus points. My bonus point I want to give to just Hattie Jones's acting ability. All right. So, wait, is that two bonus points? Yeah. I'm, I'm going right. to keep it at two. Um, yeah, dude. So, I mean, with both of our scores, two bonus points, that bumps this to 93 and is officially the highest rated movie on our list so far. Eking out Shrek. Um, But I've also, I'm noticing right now that in order from our first movie, hashtag George got snubbed, um, (laughs) all the way down, it is our points have increasingly gone up. So either we're just getting better at choosing movies, we're getting better at scoring movies, or this whole thing is rigged and I won't stand for it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm actually, I'm really surprised that this has become the top one. I mean, I, before watching it, I wouldn't have thought that this one would really be like one of our top contenders. So it was like a very pleasant surprise. Yeah. How... About how well this actually does hold up. I was skeptical going into it. So all. was I. I was kind of like, ugh. I was, like, before I watched it, even I was like, was it a good idea that I chose this? I don't know. I'm kind of like, I don't feel like watching it. I don't know. I feel like we were all kind of, like, apprehensive about starting to watch it. And then by the yeah. end of it, we all came out like, oh, my God, I loved it. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Okay. I think that's that's very accurate. Um I am going to demand justice for George of the Jungle till the day I die, though. I don't think (laughs) it deserved a 75. I think it could have gotten higher. I think it deserves at least an 80. But we can maybe revisit that in a following season, or we can figure out how to do that. But maybe end of the year, we can get bonus points for 
We can do like a like Mario that. Party style of like exactly. superlatives to kind of make up the snubbing of George of the Jungle or something. Maybe the <laughs> maybe idea. the fans, the forty people that have listened so far, uh, <laughs> will we can come do to some my polls. aid and we can do yeah. some yeah some fan point polls. So that's sort of what I was thinking. What if either at the end of the year, right before we have our final countdown, you know, or maybe start of next season. We have fans vote to see what movie deserves a redemption, mm. and we do it again. Love That's it. a good idea. That's a good idea. That's a great idea. Okay. All right. So to kind of wrap fun up. Fun facts. Um, yeah, fun facts. So uh, as I already said, released July tenth, nineteen ninety eight. Don't know the budget, but box office was thirty million. It was strangely a huge release or a huge following in Canada. Um, so many people bought the VHS, so many people bought the VHS in Canada that as soon as it came out on DVD, there were like frequently like, uh, like Goodwills and secondhand stores with used copies of Madeline on VHS because they were all returning it to get the DVD because so many people loved it. (laughs) Um, as I said earlier, the movie encompasses plot lines from four Madeline books, which I think checks out. Um, Hattie Jones auditioned for Hermione. Uh, in the scene where Madeline was in the river, she was actually swimming in a pool of chocolate powder. Because um, <laughs> that's how gross the scent is. Um, Sir Ian McKellen, Tim Curry, John Cleese, Alan Rickman, Eric Idle, and Michael Caine were all considered for the role of Lord Covington. Wildly different energies. Oh my god! Can you imagine Tim Curry as Lord Cuckoo Butt? Oh my gosh! Or fucking Michael Caine. Alan Rickman. Wow. Alan Rickman, and then if Hattie had been Hermione, was it Alan Rickman or Alan Cumming? Did you say? Alan Rickman. Oh jeez! Wow. Can you imagine? And Um, Ian McKellen, like fucking Gandalf. Oh, can we play a game? Can we play a game just really quick? Do you remember when she was like? called him Lord Cuckoo Butt to his face and he's, and she's like, you just called me Lord Cuckoo Butt and she's like, no I didn't and she's like, yes you did yes you did <laughs> can we do that as Eric Idle or Alan Rickman or Tim Curry like what would that scene have been? Did you just call me Lord Cuckoo Butt? No, I didn't <laughs> yes, yes you did. did yes she did <laughs> there's, my, there's my attempt, thank you very much um some trivia about things that were happening in 1998. Um, for the first time, I didn't put in any extremely depressing or harrowing <laughs> fun facts. Um, Great. I honestly couldn't, couldn't find any. Uh, the t- other than maybe this one, the top song was Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls. Um, <laughs> the big movies of the year included Saving Private Titanic. Ryan, Armageddon, and There's Something About Mary. Um, at this and same Titanic. year, Marvel wasn't Titanic ninety seven. It came yes. out at the very end of ninety seven, but it was like it came out December ninety seven. So nineteen ninety eight was like yeah, well, that the doesn't count. Titanic explosion. I'm just saying that okay. was important to culture in nineteen ninety eight. I was there. I remember. <laughs> okay, uh, Marvel was offered the cinematic rights of almost all of its characters to Sony for twenty five million. Uh, sorry, Marvel offered their rights to Sony. Sony rejected the offer and only purchased the rights to Spider-Man for $10 million, believing the movie audiences would only care about him. 
Um, nine years oh, later, wow. that would be proved <laughs> very wrong. Um, MP3s were created for the first time. Google launched. The last episode of Seinfeld aired. And Adam Sandler's only comedy film to be positively rated fresh on Rotten Tomatoes was released this year. And it was The Wedding Singer. I love that movie. <laughs> yes. And that's the only one to ever rank fresh on Rotten Tomatoes by Adam Sandler. Oh, have- I can see. Um, I can see why. <laughs> we're going to have to have some Adam Sandler yeah. movies on this podcast. Oh, totally. Oh, we are going to. Uh, there are three in particular that I'm like, we need to talk about these movies. Should um, we have an Adam Sandler One of month? them. <laughs> Sandler Timber? Let's look this up. I, I was literally about to look up his birthday. Sandler Timber is around the corner, you guys. September. Oh my god! Sandler Timber lives! San- Sandler Timber. Guys. <laughs> no, Sand Tembler. Sand Timber. There we go. Sand Timber. <laughs> Alright, we're doing Perfect. it. Perfect. <laughs> Oh, man, I love this. Um, You know, next week is Allegra's movie. Allegra, do you want to choose your movie? Um, uh, what if we did Grease 2? What? Grease 2? Random. Was not expecting that, but, like... I get, okay, okay, <laughs> okay. Genuinely don't even know if Gray has ever seen this movie. I know I've seen it once. I've not seen it in some time. And I know I was homesick, I ha- I so memories. I was definitely fever-induced. So <laughs> it's probably the best way to experience it. could have helped. Memory will <laughs> could have helped your memory. <laughs> Listen, I'm not expecting nostalgia to be a 10, uh, but I, I'm going to see if I can bank on a Hilera bad movie. Let's see if Hilera bad can, uh, you know, I can milk those points out of you anyway and make <laughs> Hilera bad competitive. All right. All right. Well, next week, Grease 2. Let's, let's see what happens. All right. Let's do it. But, uh, yeah, I think that is all that we got for you guys. If you want to continue to follow along, if you want to add to the conversation, maybe we can start having some, like, a fan corner. We can read your tweets and your emails, whatever. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok at LatchkeySibs, or you can email us at LatchkeySibs at gmail.com if you have something a little bit longer to say to us. Um, and you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Holland Tacular. Oh, I mean, you don't have to follow me. I just really want you to follow all of the, uh, our socials, the Latchkey, Twitter, Titter, uh, Instagram, TikTok, TikTok. Yeah. If you follow those accounts, you will be able to find me tangentially if you want to, but follow all of our main socials. We're going to start producing lots of cool TikToks, like not just... Uh, clips from the show or trailers. We're going to do other stuff, too. It's well, by good. the time this episode comes out, that's already going to be happening. So you should check out our TikTok because there should be a lot of content there already. Yes. Uh, yeah, follow all of the Latchkey socials. Uh, follow me on TikTok at daddadnotgood. Um, I will be posting some things related to the podcast that might not necessarily make it onto the Latchkey TikTok or uh, Instagram or Twitter pages. So if you want some more personalized or uh, 
uh, tangential content, some behind the scenes stuff maybe, uh, follow my TikTok. Um, and that is going to wrap up this episode of Latchkey Sibs. So uh, tune in again next week to watch Allegra's movie. Bye. Bye. Goodbye now. of all is Never gonna give you up, never gonna, never gonna let, let you, you down. down, never gonna, never gonna run, run around, around desert, desert you, you. Never, never gonna, gonna say goodbye, oh, no. never, never gonna, gonna make you cry, cry. Never, gonna never gonna say, say goodbye, goodbye. never gonna tell a lie and hurt you. you. Alright, let's get started. Alright, fuck my, I, all right. good mantra guys. Good <laughs> mantra. <laughs>